Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brefney Early and you're listening to episode 240 of the podcast. It's the Sports Roundup Show after a rather quiet weekend of sporting action across the county. And that is, of course, down to the changes in the regulations around the COVID restrictions. And, of course, moving to level three here in the county has restricted all but elite sports. We do have some sport to talk about this weekend, mostly in the sports of rugby and soccer, while Gaelic Games took a break this weekend ahead of the first round of the resumption of National League and, I suppose, championships ultimately. What promises to be a very busy period of time for Leitrim Gaelic Games over the next couple of weeks as our men's footballers, the hurlers and our ladies footballers all in action in the next couple of weeks or so. We will be talking more about Gaelic Games in our preview show this weekend but before we do we're going to look back at what's happened over the last couple of days and there has been plenty of rugby and soccer action uh, affecting Leitrim athletes more so than actually being taking part in County Leitrim. We had to Go outside the county for all of the action this weekend, but we will get on with a review of everything that did take place this weekend. We're going to start with rugby, and it was all about the Energy or Community Shield. It's uh, the mainstream competition this half of the year in a strange year for the All-Ireland League, and it forms all of the teams that would normally take part in the All-Ireland League in regional competitions to try and minimise the transport around the country. So Sligo obviously taking part in the Connacht Division Matthew Early featuring for them on Saturday afternoon while Jack Gilhenia Fina was in the old Belvedere team that took to the field against old Wesley in the Leinster Conference on Saturday afternoon. Mixed fortune for both lads. Matthew Early and his Sligo rugby club side had a fine victory, 36 points to 14 against Ballina. Another bonus point victory for the team who sit top of that table by seven points, although with one game more played than their nearest rivals. Corinthians and Galwegians, they were awarded a nil-nil draw. That's what happens when a club can't field because of a coronavirus situation. It seems a little unfair in terms of the team maybe that aren't affected, particularly if they're the stronger side going in, but it's how the Irish rugby have decided to conduct their competitions this year. If one team can't field... We saw Carrick Rugby had that situation last week uh, where their opponents weren't able to field and the game was just put down as a nil-nil draw. It does mean that teams will drop points, so getting points on the board early on in these competitions is vital. As we mentioned, Sligo with 14 points on the board, the next nearest rivals, Corinthians, also their next opponents, seven points behind them in that competition so far. In terms of Leinster, it's been a tougher start for Old Belvedere and they currently sit on bottom of the table. Out of the nine teams with only a single league point, uh, that was a bonus point they got for losing by less than, uh, well, I think for seven points exactly actually on the, on the button, uh, two weeks ago against UCD. They were beaten this weekend 30 points to 18 by Old Wesley, Jack Gilhaney at centre for them. It's been a, a tough start to the season. We heard from Jack on the preview show on Friday here on the channel. We'll hear from Matthew Early this afternoon on um, his I suppose, return to action over the last three weekends and and how that had worked out for himself and for Sligo, of course, on the score sheet against Buccaneers himself. Uh, But three solid victories in the start of the Energy Community Series for Matthew and his Sligo teammates. In terms of the other results in the Leinster grade of that competition, Clontarf 34, Nace 7, St Mary's College 10, Lansdowne 13 and Terenure 31, Trinity College 36. So as we said, Old Belvedere just not quite got their season up and running yet, but I'm sure that will come. 
In terms of soccer, for one weekend, we had no senior representation in either the SSE Electricity League or the Women's National League. Both teams, Sligo Rovers and Piemont, obviously we have Leitrim representation in those squads. Both teams with no fixture this weekend. Games did continue without them and in the SSE Premier Division, Bohemians beat Cork 3-0 while Shelburne had a 1-0 victory over Waterford to bring them within three points of Sligo who currently sit in fifth place in the table uh, albeit with games played extra over some of the teams beneath them they play shells on saturday uh, a big game for them this weekend in terms of games happening over the next couple of days before we preview the weekend's action and Niall Moran will be on the show with us on friday to talk about his uh, season so far uh, the restart and how it's been for him we'll even mention that red card that we've kind of avoided over the last couple of weeks Cork they play Dundalk tomorrow night in what is a huge number of games backlogged for Dundalk because of their European success qualifying for the group stages of the Europa League they will start to maybe play some of those back games tomorrow they also just lie below Sligo on the league table a result for Dundalk would see them leapfrog over Sligo and push Sligo one space further down the table in terms of the SSC First Division a full round of games played over the weekend Longford Town a very good win 3-0 against their promotion rivals Cabinteely who seem to be going through a very poor patch at the moment there's some internal rumblings about maybe where that club is headed and, and the situation within the club at the moment a lot of unrest with players management and also maybe at board level as well in the club so never good to hear that about a club at the moment but they have very definitely taken a, a turn downwards in their trends over the last couple of weeks Longford again back out to winning ways 3-0 victory uh, that's two back-to-back wins after a very good win at loan the previous weekend at loan themselves beaten 4-2 by UCD at home on Friday evening while Wexford were beaten 4-0 by promotion playoff chasing Cove Ramblers Shamrock Rovers second team they went down 2-0 to the title favourites now Bray Wanderers who have one hand firmly on the table five points clear with only two games to play They'll make a swift return to the Premier Division of the SSE Electricity League, it seems. The next four teams will have to play off at the moment. That includes Longford. It'll be interesting to see how that develops over the next couple of weeks. In the Women's National League, no game for Piedmont United. Of course, nine teams. Four fixtures means one team have a bye every given week. And that means that Piedmont United had their week off this week. They did have the luxury of keeping track of the other teams in their competition from their lofty top-of-the-table spot. And the results went as follows. Treaty United 0, Shells 7. A big win for the title-chasing side. Shells there. DLR Waves 0, Wexford 2, Cork City 1, Galway Women's FC 2. And Bowes beating Athlone in the first win for that particular side as a National League side. Congratulations to Bohemians there. Athlone will be disappointed with that. Both teams a little bit cut adrift along with the other two losing sides, Treaty and DLR Waves this season. Uh, The league table is very good from a PMAT point of view. Again, with all games being played at the top of the table now, PMAT United on 21 points from their eight games while Shells two points further back, 19 points from their eight games. Wexford, probably the the only other really, really serious title contenders, 15 points, six points behind Piemont, albeit with one game in hand. Cork women level with them, 15 points also with eight played, while Galway on 14 points from their seven games. Towards the bottom of the table, then a group kind of emerging. Treaty United, six points from eight games. DLR Waves, five points 
Bohemians four points after their win at the weekend. And Athlone currently on the bottom of the table, three points, all of those bottom sides having played their full complement of eight games. So it's looking pretty good for uh, Dervla Byrne and her teammates at the moment. A little bit of breathing room at the top of the table at the halfway point of the season. Of course, we've also reached the semi-final stage of the FAI Cup for the women and uh, Dervla and her teammates. They will face Wexford in that semi-final. A uh, big, big challenge ahead for them in that particular game. You would expect the winners of the competition, with Piemont having already beat Shells, to come from that side of the draw. Uh, not to put uh, too fine a point on it, but I wouldn't expect the other side to, to mount much of a challenge when it comes to a final. I'm not trying to put the commentator's curse on it. I apologise, Dervla. Uh, but best luck to Dervla as she continues with Piemont United at the top of that women's national league table some other games played over the weekend for the next generation of women's national league players that may come from the county and under 17 women's national league Mern Devaney part of the Sligo Rover side that were beaten 4-0 away to Piemont on Saturday night and on Saturday afternoon in Ballasadere at the new Astro facility there uh, Sligo Leitrim were up against the Metropolitan Girls League North, which is half of Dublin effectively, in the Gainer Cup semi-final, the last four of the interleague competition. And they were unfortunately beaten 2-1 after extra time, uh, having played fantastically well the whole way through the 80 minutes they played, plus the 20 minutes of extra time. And it was just unfortunate for them. Uh, their goalkeeper in fine form, uh, Michaela, I didn't catch her surname, but Michaela made some fantastic stops to keep them in the game during normal time. And had they gone to a penalty shootout, you probably would have fancied her to pull off one or two saves. She was in that good a form. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be for the under-15 side from Sligo Leitrim. Two Leitrim girls in the squad. We caught up with both of them after the game. So maybe let's start with them before we hear the longer interview with Matthew Early in terms of his rugby season so far and maybe his journey to the All-Ireland League from very humble beginnings here with Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club. Uh, first, let's hear from the two girls in the under-15 soccer, and that is Circa Feely and Anya McLaughlin. Circa Feely, how are you after that result? Um, I'm disappointed. I think it was nothing between the two teams. Like, it was really close. Um, I'm really proud of Sligo Leitrim, though, how far we've come. Because most of these girls have been playing since under-12s. And yeah, I'm really proud of how far we come, and it was just unfortunate it didn't go our way today. Okay, they started with a goal very early in the game, but she came back, and then it was very little in it. Your goalkeeper made a few good saves, and it was a really good team performance. In terms of the game, do you think maybe you had chances to win it, or still lucky to get to extra time as well? Um, yeah, I think I think we did have a few chances. Uh, I think it was actually Michaela had a few good saves, as you said. Um, I think uh, yeah, we were very evenly matched. I'm not sure if we'd have had a chance to win it. Um, I think we didn't really switch off either. We played the best we could. I think extra time when it was a fair kind of way it went, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. In terms of uh, soccer in Tullahan, it wouldn't exactly be known as a hotbed of soccer activity. <laughs> what got you into playing football? Um, well, it was really my pa- my older sister. I have an older sister who played first and she went to Grange to play and then I just followed her. My, parent, my dad's a coach of my, of my soccer team, my club team, uh, so they really got me into it. And yeah. <laughs> What's it like being involved with Sligo Leitrim this season? I know it ends today with the semi-final, uh, but the, uh, the season so far, how good has it been? It's been unreal, yeah. No, it's been great, because like I said, I've been playing with these girls since I was 11, so yeah, it was our last year, my last year playing Sligo Leitrim, so 
it was really good. It was lovely to play with them. And disappointment at how it all finished today? Yeah, I'm definitely disappointed. I think we could have gone all the way. There was nothing between us. Um, but yeah, no, I think we could have gone all the way. It would have been our year, but just unfortunate that we didn't get to this year. Okay, well, Sir Kafili, thanks very much for chatting to me. Head up today. <laughs> Thank you. Anya McLaughlin, your thoughts after today's game? Yeah, I'm very disappointed because I feel like we were very evenly matched teams, but at the end of the day, they just got that one goal to decide the difference in us. Very unfortunate the way it ended, just with a, a long-range effort going in over the head of the goalkeeper because she'd had such a fantastic game. Yeah, Michaela did great and she had so many good saves. If it wasn't for her, I'm sure we'd been a few more down. But yeah, just that one that got over her head. Talk to me about the game because obviously start of the match they scored a very early goal and it almost threatened to derail you but you came back well. Yeah, when the goal first goal went in I think everyone was a bit, you know, shocked and thought it was really early. But then once we came back then we knew that we had a chance to get get there and then it was evenly throughout the whole game. So extra time, you seemed a bit tired going into that, but you've really found a an extra level just at the start of that extra time to keep playing and it's just unfortunate the way it all worked out in, in the end. Yeah, I think it was fair that it went to extra time. Like it was deserved draw at the time and then I think everyone just found adrenaline to keep going and then it was just an unfortunate goal that we lost. Coming into the game, I suppose Dublin will be considered uh, one of the better teams in this competition. In any soccer competition, Dublin tend to dominate. To bring this side to extra time, you must be really proud of these girls. Yes, I'm very proud of these girls and like we got on so well and just, you know, to keep going this far and to get like to get into extra time, I'm really proud of them. I think everyone pulled their weight and did really well. There's a strong line of players coming through at Manor Rangers over the last few years. Murren um, Devani, Leah Fox, your own sister Emma have kind of played at league level. Uh, how nice is it to be part of that kind of group that have got to decent levels within the sport? Yeah, it feels great, you know, to be able to be nearly, like I look up to them because they came from Manor and, you know, to be able to like get to where they were nearly. Yeah. What's the ambition now? Of course, this under-15 team will break up now, but there's an under-17 National League side in Sligo Rovers. Is that the ambition for most of these players? Yes, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the older players will go to that and they deserve to get on that team. And then there's still a few of us who will be able to stay next year, hopefully. Well, listen, the very best of luck to you in next year, wherever you end up, if it's here yeah. or, or whatever happens in the future. And uh, hard luck today, but well done on a fantastic yeah. season. Thank you. Now on Friday's preview show, we did speak to Jack Kilheaney ahead of a busy weekend in the national rugby calendar at AIL level. And today we're going to talk to Matthew Early, the other leader representative. Matthew, thanks for joining me again. No bother. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks very much for coming in. It's been an interesting couple of weeks for Sligo back playing a bit of competitive rugby again. I know we had you on the show after your win against Buccaneers, but now you made it three wins from three. You must be delighted with the way the season's gone. Yeah, look, it's the best way we could have started it, I think. We only didn't get a, a bonus point against Galwegians and we were maybe a bit unlucky not to get it. So, look at three games and 14 points, you can't really ask for much more. In terms of the, I suppose, the way the, the season has progressed, how disappointing is it not to be playing national AIL games? Look, we were probably looking the best season we had since since I've joined anyway of looking to get promoted. So, we're, we're disappointed that we can't get promoted this year because we... We're looking very strong. Obviously, we haven't lost a game yet and, and we don't plan on losing any coming up, so it's a bit disappointing. Well, nobody plans to lose them. But in terms of the games, I suppose you've played your first three games. There's only five teams in your conference, though, so you play everybody twice, whereas 
when we spoke to Jack, there's nine teams in that Leinster conference. One, they play eight games. You play eight games. Just it's it's a double round fixture. You've played three of the four opponents. You've won all three games reasonably comfortably. There must be a bit of happiness in the camp about the manner of the victories, not just the fact that you've got across the line. As you said, you've scored tries in every single game. We're uh, looking very strong this year, tech, obviously in the, in the scores that we're putting in. But um, we've left a lot behind us as well. Uh, our managers have been saying after the game that we're maybe leaving 10, 15 points behind us, even 20 in some games. So, look, and the only team we haven't played yet is Corinthians, and they could probably be the strongest out of the other four teams. And they, we beat them last year, they beat us last year, so they'll be gunning for us after the break. You talked about leaving 14 points on the table after the games, but is there a bit of a concern because you've, you've shipped two tries maybe in every game so far as well, and it's just... They seem to be those kind of late, last-minute tries. A couple of changes made. Maybe the attention level has just dropped a little bit? Yeah, look, when you're winning by three or four tries and you know you're going to win the game, obviously sometimes you don't push on till the end, but that's probably a bit of part of our game that we need to work on. We need to finish strong and not let these tries that go in in the last minute. I think we let in two tries in every game and... Every game we let in a try in the last five minutes or something that we could have avoided, where we just kind of lost a bit of concentration towards the end. Is that a bit of a worry going into, as you said, probably the strongest opponents in the group uh, in the next fixture, which isn't for three weeks, so it's it's a nice little break, but is that a concern? Not really, because whenever we're in a tight game, we never really lapse, if you know what I mean. It's only when we're winning by a lot where you might kind of take your foot off the pedal, but it's those kind of games that we want to keep the foot on the neck and keep going. Let's rewind a few years though. Let's go back to when you first picked up rugby ball here in Carrick and Shannon with Carrick and Shannon Rugby Club and Jack spoke to us about how he progressed from playing outside Cartown to uh, Leitrim Village, Leitrim Gales and now on to their own facilities. And What's your memories of, I suppose, the early years of playing rugby here in Carrick? Yeah, look, Jack would be a bit older than me so I wouldn't remember playing outside Cartown at all. Um, I know I did. I do remember playing out Leitrim Gales a bit. Yeah, I don't think I played any games out there. And then I kind of wasn't playing rugby for a good while until I went back into secondary school and started playing rugby again. So, and the class facilities that they have out now on the Casacara Road are top notch. So yeah, good memories with Carrick. No more than Jack probably moved away from Carrick as teams folded, as as age groups got older and just teams just couldn't get fielded by Carrick. Uh, under eighteen was your kind of. Uh, first year away from the club you'd been with the Carrick the whole way up through under 17 as you mentioned you were in school as well uh, but why did you leave Carrick why was it I suppose necessary for you to leave Carrick at the time yeah well I was going into my last year in senior cup in school and we were going into under 18 and a half in Carrick and because of leaving cert and other different reasons a lot of players started to drop out and there was no team in Carrick so my only other option was Sligo how did the f- those first couple of years go for you because you weren't that long before you were playing in that senior team? Well, the first day I was eligible to play, I played. I played a week after my 18th birthday. So, and I've never, I've only missed one game day since, and that was the semi final that year. So, I've been pretty happy with the amount of game time I, I've been getting. Yeah, let's talk about, I suppose, the Connacht involvement as well, because over the years, uh, involved with Connacht the whole way through, we spoke to Jack on Friday, I don't know if you saw the interview, but he never had that uh, academy experience, although Tom, his brother, would have been involved with yourself with Connacht over the years. In terms of uh, that experience of playing at that level, what do you feel that added to your game? Yeah, look, it was a very different type of game, like... Playing senior rugby is a lot bigger, bigger and uh, stronger men, and fa- and uh, 
playing interprovincial rugby against the likes of Leinster and Munster was a lot faster and a lot, I'm not going to say more skillful, but if you made a mistake, it was a try playing in interprovincial rugby. And that's just the difference between it. In, in AIL rugby, there's mistakes everywhere. But um, if you can't hold your own in AIL, you'll be minced in five minutes and you'll wish you weren't there. So it's, it's two very different styles of rugby. But obviously, they both complement each other. Which do you prefer? <laughs> you're a front row forward so you're yeah gonna be uh, the AL is good now until Monday morning and you can barely move let's talk about that the physicality of the sport because I suppose a lot of maybe parents watching this might be like he's a big man he can probably take the hits but you weren't always this big like you've obviously worked on your physique to get to the stage where those hits like you still feel them but they're not maybe as impactful as people might think they are yeah I know people might say that but um, when I step out in that rugby pitch I'm by far by far away from the biggest on the pitch there I'd be nearly around the middle like there's some absolute animals that'd be going around that AIL rugby pitch and you just have to go in head first what's the advantage of being involved with uh, yeah, head first absolutely what's the involvement uh, with Sligo Rugby Club like what's the difference between that and Carrick because obviously they both serve um, the county Carrick probably covers most of the south of the county from um, Balnamore Carrick and North Common area and uh, I suppose anyone from Manor Hamilton or that area would head in towards Sligo just naturally because of distance. What's the difference you found between the two teams? As in the adult teams? Well, as in the clubs themselves. Uh, well, they're both fairly good rugby clubs in terms of getting people out playing rugby. And the Carrick, as I know, usually have a team at every age group going up and have a senior team there as well. So, look, they're great. two great clubs. Sligo are just kind of producing higher quality players and that's the attraction for Sligo but obviously Carrick is still a great club to be a part Is that of. down to population though? Well I think it's more to do with the history of the club the club is over 130 years old and they've had players representing Connacht every year for as long as I've known and even players representing Ireland and they have pro players at the moment and everything and Carrick wouldn't really have that history and anyone that has been through Carrick has kind of moved on to a bigger kind of club. And um, uh, Carrick's a new enough club and they're, they're on the up, but that'd be the kind of difference between them. Sligo is the history there where Carrick wouldn't. I know you're only 19 and you haven't quite had much experience uh, of the running of clubs. You're just looking really at the, the rugby end of things. But in terms of the steps that Carrick have made over what is a fairly short history as you mentioned probably only about 10 or 12 or 15 years um, what are the next steps they have to take how do they become more attractive to someone like yourself or like Jack Gilhini or the other lads that have come through over the most recent years and, and keep them involved and mm. really push that up the leagues and up the grades in Connacht Rugby well I don't think there's really much more that Carrick can do because they're they're growing every year and they're doing very well I think what could help Carrick a lot would be schools rugby uh, around the county because you see in Sligo there's two big schools rugby teams in Sligo with Summerhill and the grammar that I went to and a lot of a lot of clubs are in Connacht anywhere are fed by schools rugby clubs or school rugby teams so if I was in Carrick I'd be looking at Carrick Community School or Banlamore or Drumshambo or any school just to get a bit of schools rugby going because it's just you're playing rugby midweek and then you're playing it at the weekend and that's that's the difference between a lot of clubs you're obviously an accomplished Gaelic footballer as well. You've played county football the whole way up to under-17 level until you chose, I suppose, to focus on the rugby career. Junior C champions this year. Yeah. You must have been delighted. You, you played, actually, AIL game at 2.30 and a county final at 5 in two different counties. Yeah. Um, that's a fair achievement. Uh, yeah, I was fairly bombing at home from Sligo, so I made it in time anyway. 
Um, I was a bit, actually a bit late. I came in tr- during the national anthem and got on at half time and finished it off. And it was nice. It was a nice weekend. When you're playing at a national level and then you come back and you're playing with the lads you grew up with at a junior C football level, what's the major difference between those two sports? To be honest, the enjoyment was completely the same. I, uh, there was nothing. There's nothing better than win a county final with the people that you grew up with and managers that have managed you back throughout the years. And it was just, it was great. It was great to have both of them and that I could do both of them. And in terms of the AIL, no issues with them coming down and playing at that grade. Um, they wouldn't be too happy if it was if it was ongoing. But I told them it was the final, and they were. There wasn't too much said about it. Uh, listen, in terms of the, the AIL action, of course, no AIL proper until January, and then it's a, it's a one-round game of f- fixtures, and no promotion relegation. That's a bit disappointing. We've touched on that already. But in terms of this competition, the Energy Community Series, it's across all four provinces. We've focused a little bit on Leinster with, with Jack playing with Old Belvedere. You're in with Sligo. You have a realistic chance of maybe topping that group now, as you mentioned, Corinthians to come they have um, probably the best challenge to you at the moment, but you are the reigning Connacht Senior Cup and League champions. Can you really replicate that double achievement of last year in this one Connacht series this year? Yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. We we were by far the best team last year in Connacht in that Connacht League and Cup competition, and then um, we're just looking to defend it again this year, and uh, we started well. In terms of the... I suppose the outlook, I, we put this question to Jack the other day as well, and he's obviously playing senior county football as well at the moment. You never quite made that grade as a goalkeeper. You just you made that conscious decision to go to, to rugby earlier than he that possibly did. But in terms of uh, the attractions to rugby, he talked about the lifestyle of rugby versus maybe the uncertainty in terms of fixtures, training dates and stuff like that. What's your main attraction to rugby over Gaelic football? Because people have a perception that it's money, but... There's no money involved, so no, no. I've never, I've never been paid. I've always been involved with the Connacht underage, which is underage, so it's amateur. And Sligo rugby is an amateur, amateur sport. So for me, I suppose when I decided to give up football, I was in the Connacht underage setup. So it was kind of it made sense to follow the professional career because there was a, a future as a professional rugby player there. And then I'm playing with Sligo now and. I'm happy enough. In terms of that professional career path you spoke about, um, th- that Connacht journey ended for you at underage levels, uh, but you're now playing AIL. You're probably a couple of years ahead in terms of your compatriots in the age group, in terms of development. They're all still playing under 20 rugby. Very few of them have made that breakthrough. You've probably got 20, 25 appearances under your belt at this stage. Uh, do you feel there's an option there at some stage maybe that uh, there might be a knock on the door in two or three years' time is that a possibility? I know you're in university now at the moment, but would that be something you'd entertain down the line? Yeah, 100%. Um, there's been loads of players that have come from AIL standard rugby and gone straight into a professional team. Uh, Joey Carberry would probably be the best example of that. He he played for Ireland before he played for Leinster. He came straight in from Clontarf, I think it was. And um, obviously, yeah, I'm enjoying, uh, to be honest, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now, playing with Sligo and going to college and it's working well. And um Look, if someone came knocking on the door, obviously you'd 
you'd uh, think twice about it. You'd have the conversation at least. In terms of advice you could give to some child or parent maybe of a child who's interested in playing a bit of rugby at the moment, they could be playing under 8s, under 10s, under 12s, and is looking to you, Jack, or Shane Mallon, or Jack Matthews, who are all making waves in the world of rugby, what would your advice be to that child or that parent? Uh, just whatever club you're closest to, is it uh, Longford or Carrick or Sligo, just... Go, it's usually a Sunday morning, just go out, enjoy yourself and just keep playing rugby. That's all I can say. Yeah, take the hits and see how you end up. Yeah, if you definitely. like it, stick at it. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, Matthew, thank you very much for joining. Congratulations on the fantastic start of the season. Uh, enjoy your next two weekends off. Uh, it's great to kind of get that little bit of a breather. And uh, hopefully there'll still be rugby in three weeks' time. Uh, we're not on a level five lockdown by the time that rolls around and you'll get to finish off the end of the, the Connick series. It's been a great start to it. Thanks very much for dropping in. No bother. Thanks very much. And that, folks, is all we have time for today. Uh, as we said, a very quiet version of the show this weekend after lots and lots of bluster from the GAA pitches of the last couple of months. It's going to be kind of similar show, but it means we do get to actually go a little bit more in-depth in the show with our guests and have a chat. As I mentioned earlier, we will be having Niall Moran of Sligo Rovers on the show next weekend on Friday to preview his weekend's action, but also take a little look back at the last couple of weeks for him. We'll be doing that more and more with some of the elite athletes still active at various levels across a number of sports in the county. In terms of other shows, of course, we brought back In Focus last week with a look at Brian Fennell and the new Rural Recreation Scheme and the Rural Recreation Officer with Leitrim Development Company down in Drumshambo and all of the, the public works and the public walks that he is basically going to manage and and look after in terms of the the walk scheme that farmers can avail of grants it's a, a fairly decent interview and um, if you want to hear more about that if you live along the Leitrim way and want to see maybe where opportunities may arise for you uh, the Leitrim way the miners way those kind of marks trails um fantastic interview it's all on our youtube channel and on our website and you'll catch it all there on wednesday mary blake will be taking to manor hamilton to talk to thrasen nealon about a whole range of the arts that's happening in manor hamilton at the moment and particularly rabbits riot theater company the company she runs along with sonia norris up there mainly out of the Glen Centre and the town of Manor Hamilton and she'll be talking to Mary Blake on Kiss My Arts on Wednesday this week. I'll be back with the sports show on Friday with Niall Moran as our featured guest. Talk to you then.